If you like the Creative South podcast, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Every dollar helps us cover hosting costs, upgrade equipment, and keep the podcast going. With options starting at just $1 per month, you can help support the podcast and even wind up with some cool Creative South podcast swag. When you become a Creative South patron, you'll get access to exciting Creative South news before anyone else. A shout out on the podcast thanking you for your support. Creative South podcast stickers and t-shirts. So, please help support the podcast by becoming a patron over at patreon.com slash creative south. Welcome to the Creative South podcast. I'm your host, Jason Frostholm. Today on the podcast, I'm talking with Stephanie Irigoyen, founder of Design Week Tallahassee. We chat about her career, including going out on her own in this past year, how Design Week Tallahassee came to be, the importance of diversity in events and conferences, and more, all right after this. I talk about Jack Prince on the podcast all the time, and today isn't any different, except that I want to talk about how much we rely on them at Creative South. Not only has Jack Prince been a longtime sponsor of Creative South and the podcast, but they help us with so many cool things every year. Whether they are making our pop-up displays and tablecloths, or printing our notebooks, Jack Prince is always there when we need them. They even printed my Creative South podcast stickers that have a coupon code on the back that gives you a great discount on all of their products. Speaking of stickers, Jack Prince will print any kind, shape, size, stock, including full-color stickers with full-color liner prints for you to use as product labels, promotions, bumper stickers, hang tags, business cards, and more. Right now, you can get 500 3x3-inch die-cut stickers starting at $149 when you visit jackprince.com. Plus, Jack Prince is giving Creative South podcast listeners 15% off all orders over $25 when you use promo code PRINCESOUTH18 at checkout. Visit jackprince.com for your next order of stickers, prints, or whatever you need today. Stephanie, thanks for joining me this morning. Thanks for having me. So let, let's dive in and kind of kick off. Where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in South Florida, mm-hmm. uh, Fort Lauderdale okay. the area, uh, Margate, if you actually know where. Not, so, a, you know, not a clue Florida. where Margate is. I know where yeah. Fort Lauderdale is. That's why I always <laughs> say Fort Lauderdale. But um, I grew up there uh, my whole life and... Yeah, I've been a Florida, I'm just a Florida girl, <laughs> moved to Tallahassee eight years ago for school. I went to Florida State University mm-hmm. and I've stayed here since. Gotcha. So when you were, when you were growing up, were you interested in art? What, what type of kid were you? Uh, rambunctious, like loud <laughs> kid. <laughs> uh, I was the troublemaker, uh-huh. uh, but I was definitely an artist. I like to draw and paint mm-hmm. and uh, I used to make lots of videos when I was a kid uh, I made uh, Photoshop stuff when I was like 10 I mean it was terrible but you know I was learning it um, pretty much my whole life okay. was around art and technology stuff okay as a kid when, when you were going to school were you taking like when you got to high school level were you taking a bunch of art classes then, or were you just kind of doing general studies? I mean, I, I realize oh, yeah. everybody <laughs> in high school has to do general studies, but 
you know? Yeah, we only had one art class, uh, like really available to us. So I took drawing and, uh, we had architecture actually. That was initially why I went to my, my school because it had an architecture program and I thought that's what I wanted to do. I think you're the Uh, second or third person I've talked to that, uh, planned on doing architecture, uh, when they started school. Yeah, I think because it has like that artsy feel when you're building like models mm-hmm. and you get to draw buildings and stuff. But there was too much math for me. I'm just not a math person. I, and then there I was, understand that well. Yeah. Uh, they were like, okay, now scale it up. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so architecture was not for me. But most most of high school, we didn't really have majors, obviously, but um I did take my drawing class and I took TV production mm-hmm. and newspaper. So I was actually the layout designer for school newspaper. Okay. So I got my experience in InDesign doing that. And I got to just like play around with some programs that I probably wouldn't have gotten a chance to do otherwise. Cause I, my dad wasn't going to buy them for me. Sure. Just they're, they're expensive. So expensive. Yeah. Well, when when you got to college and started in the architecture thing, obviously the math was the the pain in your ass. What what made you switch to design? Well, actually, I I had like given up architecture like my second year of high school. Oh, okay. So you gave up done. way before that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think I took two architecture classes and I was done. Okay. But I did like I said a lot of TV production stuff. So I went into college thinking I was going to be a film major, Okay. which I still love video production stuff. Um, but I actually missed the deadline twice for that, for applying. <laughs> just couldn't, I don't know. I'm a really good procrastinator. <laughs> Apparently um, you're a really bad procrastinator if you missed it. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, I was in the, the school of communications mm-hmm. and I actually, got uh kicked out because <laughs> i failed my ethics class you failed we your ethics class i know we've on, talked uh, about this but we didn't go into detail about this how does one fail an ethics class and should i be well, concerned talking to you oh no 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 don't worry uh there's or, a word or count. are you getting into politics oh there's a word <laughs> count that's it oh okay this is ridiculous i missed 125 words out of the mandatory 3000 words you have to write officially for the class. I missed some of it and wasn't aware. And I was a freshman too. So I just was, you know, kind of stupid. Didn't know how to check in on my classes and make sure I was actually doing good. Mm -hmm. College was all new and too much stuff. But, but yeah, I failed just because I didn't write enough words, which I think any, good artist can can i curse (laughs) yeah you can say whatever you want okay any good artist can bullshit really well (laughs) so i totally could have made up those 125 words really easily (laughs) but i didn't know about it and then the class was over and i went back to my teacher and i'm like can i not do this later she's like nope and i was like but you didn't tell me she's like you should have asked and i was like okay I feel like, though, they should have told you. That's... she. No, she was saying, like, well, you're an adult now. 
you're supposed to check in on that. And I was in that kind of stuff. And I was like, well, that's a hard lesson to learn. I still feel like that should have been spelled out somewhere that. uh... Yeah, probably. I mean, I knew I was supposed to have the word count. I just didn't realize I was short. Yeah. So it felt very, I felt very stupid. And sure. Just for that, failed that class, dropped my GPA. They put me on probation for a semester, which, of course, I couldn't bring my GPA up enough in one semester Mm -hmm. unless I got all straight A's. And even then, it would be a barely Mm -hmm. uh, holding on to it thing. GPAs are weird like that. And then, (laughs) like, hey, you're uh, you didn't do well. So you can't be in this major anymore. Mm-hmm. And the art school was like, hey, we don't care about your GPA. <laughs> so I was like, I, actually, I spoke with my mom about, you know, what major I wanted to go into. And she she was saying uh, how I always like to make T-shirts and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And I was younger and I was like, yeah, I have been thinking about design, graphic design. And she was like see, you should have been there all along. And I was like, why didn't you tell me that? <laughs> she was we like, wanted, I just wanted you to figure it out. We wanted you to find your way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so my mom was the one who was like, go to art school, do this thing. Gotcha. So pretty cool. Gotcha. So you, you, you move into art school. Do you start doing design classes right away or are you taking Uh, you you have to take all the prerequisites well yeah i mean (laughs) i I get that but when you start kind of figuring out what you like what you don't like was your focus i think i want to be a designer or was it i just want to do art stuff and then stumble into stumbled into design oh no i wanted to do design okay like very specifically i went in with the intent of digital design and, um, I mean, I like art and I, I've always liked it, but I never wanted to be a fine artist Sure. the way that a lot of, uh, I don't know, the other kids in my class kind of wanted to do digital mm-hmm. stuff, but mostly art. Okay. So when you start taking design classes and, and kind of figure out what you want to do, are you focusing on being a generalist are you trying to get into a specific area of design back then i didn't really know how specific you could get as a designer Mm -hmm. um i really loved typography at the time i still do but i don't think i love it as much it felt a lot easier (laughs) in college you know i i would agree with that Yeah. And, uh, I was like known as the typography expert in my class, Mm -hmm. but you know, leaving school, I was like, wow, there's so much more to it that I didn't expect. But mostly it was, I liked making logos, Mm -hmm. but I didn't really know like the whole wide world of design. Actually the, the FSU design school got cut. Mm -hmm. Like they, they, dropped the program the year that I graduated. We were in the last graduating class. And so that kind of tells you probably how much care they really put into the program. Sure. There really wasn't a lot of good real world experience. Uh, There was not a, not a huge variety in like the topics. Like it was very basics of design 
for the most part. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they, they put a little too much emphasis on the art side of it rather than the design side of it, like design thinking, which I know wasn't as big when I graduated, but it's still a thing. It wasn't, wasn't even touched on. Sure. Like that whole side of design, it was mostly just like, um, well, if you're going to be working for an ad agency, here's how you do this. And that was pretty much it. Were, were they more focused on, you need to learn these programs than you need to learn like conceptual thinking and stuff like that? There was, I mean, it, there was some conceptual thinking, but the problem was that it was mostly visual art, fine arts uh, style conceptual thinking. Sure. So it was like they wanted us to be digital artists who made fine art just on the computer. Sure. And we were there to learn design. And so it was a bit of a conflict. And that's why they ended up dropping the program is that they realized that they didn't want to do design. Like the college just didn't want to go in that direction Mm -hmm. with design. And so they ended up dropping it. And now there's a focus in digital art but not really design anymore gotcha. there's no design school at fsu anymore yeah well i mean because digital art is very different than what design is and I, exactly you know not that there's not a place for both but you know I, I know there's a lot of schools that have moved the design department out of the art department and into like communications and things like that yeah that was that was actually a thing we called it like the migration Mm -hmm. of everyone who didn't get into the last BFA class for design didn't really get the same opportunities. So, cause you know, all the rest of the program stuff was, was done after that. So they moved to communication school. Sure. So we lost like half our classmates because they just left the art school. So, so when, when you kind of are wrapping up school and, looking at venturing out in the real world, what, what are, what were your interests? What were you, aside from just gainful employment, was there something specific you were looking for? That was pretty much my only goal. I, I didn't really even know what the possibilities were, Mm -hmm. but pretty much it was just, I need a job and I don't really care what it is. And I thought I wanted to do more web design than I actually wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Because when my job started asking me to do it, I was excited. And then I realized I don't want to do this for a living. I don't want this to be my nine to five. Sure. What was it about the web design that you weren't uh, thrilled with? Just how boring it can be making some websites. Sure. Like, depends on the client, of course. But that's the thing. I didn't have any creative abilities to to work with some of the people we were working with. Mm-hmm. It was a very formal institute bureaucracy type stuff because I was working for the state. Okay. So I'm assuming most of it was fairly templated. You had to run off of a standard CMS sort of thing. And you'd think actually we ended up building our own things all the time. It was a huge pain, but um, it's just, yeah, there was no real creative freedom because for the most part, what I was designing and doing the front end development for were web courses Mm -hmm. and there's really only so much you can do when they're like okay this one also has five units Mm -hmm. and we have modules and you go through with the arrows left to right and there's a 
you know, you could put the menu on the top or on the left hand side. Where do you want to put it? And I'm well, like, there's okay. variety right there. <laughs> so pretty much that was it with that. Uh, I got to choose the colors and sometimes make a logo. Sometimes I didn't even get to choose the colors, actually. Mm-hmm. Like, I know you work with a brand, but but this was just like the really there was no creative freedom in some of these website designs. And at least with the graphics, I got to to be more creative. So in general, I just wasn't enjoying web design mm-hmm. in this job. And I got real tired of coding. Sure. Real fast. Sure. I, I yeah. can see that. I, I know enough coding to get myself into trouble and not enough to get myself out of trouble. <laughs> um, That's just enough. Yeah. So I, I can <laughs> communicate what I'm looking for and functionality, but I couldn't do it myself. Yeah. So. I have a whole huge thought process on the should designers code argument. Like we could talk for like three hours just on, on that. <laughs> so, well, since you brought it up, do you, th- <laughs> do you think should designers should code? I think it's a stupid question. unless you're asking, should coders know how to design? Should they know the design principles? If you can't apply that equally, mm-hmm. then I don't think the question is worth asking. I would agree with that very much. So, so, so it doesn't need to be a three-hour conversation on that. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I, I, you're I, on the other side. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I see that all the time, and I, you know, never once have I seen should, you know, developers know how to design. Yeah. Do they know the design principles? And yeah. All yeah. Yeah. There need there needs to be a tit for tat as far as that communication process goes, and being able to balance things to. Yeah. And it, it goes back into, you know, you asked me if I knew what I wanted to do Mm -hmm. when I graduated from school and I just kind of was like, okay, this is what design is. It's making logos and websites and that's it. Mm -hmm. And that was pretty much all I, the only world I knew at first, but design is so much stuff that it's crazy to argue that all designers should code. Like, some designers never interact with websites or or mobile apps or anything that requires code knowledge. Sure. So it's silly to to argue that. I mean, I, I me personally, I rarely do it. I mean, like I rarely have to do anything that's web or application based that needs me to know coding. I, I rarely have to interact with stuff. It's yeah, you know, like twice a year that I have to do something around that. Yeah. If you're, if you're working with developers, then you should know how to communicate with each other. Right. But there's so much in the design realm that it sometimes you could be a designer who doesn't touch code at all. And I think Mm -hmm. that's something that I've learned in the last few years. That's just, there's so much more to design than I thought. Sure. Well, well, speaking of that, you know, learned i I do want to touch on this or more than touch on this i want to dive into this in a minute with design week but but let's keep kind of on track with what we've been talking about with your career and all at at, at what point because i I know you recently left your cushy state job (laughs) my nine to five yeah nine to five and branched out on your own and that was really kind of your first job out of college was the Working for the state, right? 
Yep. Uh, it was, I think I started there. I graduated in May and I started there in August. Mm -hmm. So it was really just, I had a short summer vacation and then I jumped right into that job and so, I was so you there. had enough time to move from one apartment to the next apartment, basically? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, I did go out of the country. I went to visit family in Peru. Okay. And I came home and essentially from there immediately started working. Sure. And so it was just that for the last four years. Um, I knew that I wanted to do other things and I was kind of getting tired of being in the same place and I felt like an office wasn't really for me, mm -hmm. but you know, that decision to leave, I didn't make until probably in the last year I was like, okay, 2017 is the year that I'm leaving my job. Mm -hmm. And I planned on having something else to, to line up to go to, but that didn't work out. <laughs> and ultimately what it came down to was I, had been planning on leaving. Mm -hmm. But then they said that I couldn't have my time off to do design week. Ah. And that was like the straw that broke the camel's back. Did they that give was, you a reason why you couldn't have the time off? Uh, they have like a whole bunch of bureaucratic stuff with your hours. Like even though I had enough paid leave and sick leave combined, they were like, you're not supposed to use your sick leave for this. And Gotcha. Uh, then you'll have zero hours. And I was like, but isn't that what your time's for? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, so it was just like a whole thing. But I made that choice that like it was literally two weeks before design week. I was like, OK, well, I guess I'm putting in my two weeks notice mm -hmm. so that I my first Monday uh, being unemployed was just filled with craziness of design week. Sure. So, so what was that like of, you know, like you said, you, you, you planned on having something lined up before you left, but you, you kind of walked out without a safety net behind you. You had, I mean, I know you had a few <laughs> freelance clients, but certainly enough, not enough at the time to make a full-time go of things. Oh yeah. God, no, I don't recommend it to people. I think I've been lucky, uh, I had some savings, mm -hmm. not enough. It was like a month and a half of savings sure. for, you know, the basics, rent, utilities, all that. Uh, there wasn't even enough for groceries in there, honestly. Um, but I had a little bit of savings. I had like one not even consistent freelance client mm -hmm. and um, I had connections, which is the biggest thing that to me, I was like, I think I can do this. Mm -hmm. And so I'd been applying to jobs for months, like months and months now. Sure. Um, probably starting back in March or something, I started like hardcore looking for another job. Mm -hmm. But, but yeah, I definitely don't recommend jumping in without a safety net <laughs> if you can, you know, sure. it's, you can't always, make that decision obviously sure sometimes that and decision's I'll, made for you exactly so a lot of people definitely told me they were like are you sure about this will you have health insurance uh funny thing i thought i did i thought i was under my parents plan 
because I'm 26 mm-hmm. and I thought I was like Obamacare end of the year. Uh, but my plan specifically, uh, ended with my parents at least, um, the month that I turned 26, yeah, that ended. I was about to say, yeah, it generally cuts off when you turn 26, not through the. Well, it depends actually, because I did look this up, and it said depending on your plan. Gotcha. So some of them they go through the end of the year, and so I didn't know that my plan, my parents' plan, because I had my own health insurance plan, but my parents' plan mm-hmm. was uh, when I turned 26 through that month, which gotcha. was in April. <laughs> so. I thought I had health insurance and then a few days ago I was talking to my parents and they're like, no, you don't. And I was like, oh, now I'm really worried about getting hit by a bus or something. Yeah, I'd be worried about <laughs> smaller things like just the bad case of food poisoning or something. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that's fun. But yeah. but yeah, you don't always get that decision to to have a safety net or what. Uh, in this case, I thought I had a safety net of health insurance, but even, you know, without that, I, I am young and relatively healthy. So it's, it's been okay mm-hmm. so far. You better uh, knock but, on wood real quick. <laughs> <laughs> but I did, uh, I, what I have been doing in the meantime, uh, searching for freelance clients mm-hmm. aside from that is I, managed to make some connections that got me a part-time job doing, uh, well, contract work for Mm -hmm. a local design agency, as well as I've been waitressing, which has been a whole different experience. Yeah. I did that during college. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's something I think everyone should have to do at some point in their life. Oh, definitely. It teaches you so much. (laughs) Um, it's very humbling. Yeah. Uh, but that's been my safety net really has been having two part-time jobs mm-hmm. because the freelance world is harder than I thought. Like I knew it was hard of course, but you know, doing it full time became into like trying to find clients and, and all that. It's just so different from when you've got a full-time job and you just can wait for people to come to you. Sure. What's your experience been with trying to, drum up new business and things like that because I mean, we don't know each other well, but we know, I know while you can be very outgoing, you're also a bit introverted at times. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So how's that experience been for you? Uh, interesting. I can be very socially awkward occasionally. I think, I think it's a prerequisite of the career. Yeah, I think the last few years I've learned a lot about being extroverted because Design Week kind mm-hmm. of kicked me out of that shell. But it has been difficult. I've been doing a lot of cold emailing, which I hate. I really hate it. I don't, um, I, you know, I still haven't gotten that one down. Like that terrifies, that terrifies me almost as much as like <laughs> literally cold calling where you pick up the phone and dial a stranger. Yeah, well, it's yet to work. Oh, well. So far, <laughs> uh, cold emailing. I hear it does work occasionally. Mm. I Hopefully I'll come back to you and let you know. Well, hopefully it works for you. Yeah. Um, it's what I've been doing or trying to do in my spare time because you actually don't have a lot of spare time anymore when yeah. you don't when you have two part-time jobs. Um, but is finding clients 
that I want to, to make that type of work, mm-hmm. reaching out to them. And my new goal lately has been to make work for them to see that that'll fit, you know, something that I can make on my own personal project. Uh, for example, I really want to do restaurant branding. Sure. And so, you know, I'm waitressing, so I'm actually, uh, redoing the logo of the restaurant that I'm working at and I'm going to attempt to pitch it to my boss and see if he'll pay money for it. (laughs) We'll see how that goes. He might just try and pay me in like Chinese food, which (laughs) is good, but I can get that for free (laughs) now. So we'll see if he can, yeah, how that goes. But I've been trying to do work that is like what I want to be doing and get paid for. Sure. And I just have to find time to do some of it for free, you know, so that's a bit tough, but it's the best way to really present yourself how you want to your clients Mm -hmm. and show them, Hey, what you're looking for, I've got it. So what was it specifically about restaurants and restaurant branding that interested you? I don't know. Um, I love food. (laughs) I love food. And I love illustration. Sure. And so the thought of being able to illustrate food (laughs) and just like (laughs) restaurant branding is cool Mm -hmm. in that there's, there's a lot of potential like print materials and signage and, you know, it's not just the website, but it's like here, design the menus and like the, the cup, the cups and the, the bags and everything like the uniforms. I don't know. I could get really into the details of it, depending on the client, of course, having enough money for that. Mm-hmm. But I've got a few friends who are local who do a lot of restaurant branding. I mean, if you pick a local restaurant in Tallahassee, there's like a hundred percent chance <laughs> that one of these three friends has done it. Gotcha. My, yeah. my experience with Tallahassee restaurants has been chains um, and lots of chains. <laughs> Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, that's sad. Usually it's like a stopping amazing- point for us on the way to Disney, so, you know. That's that's true, but it's so good. Like, I'll send you a recommendation because we've got amazing local food and a ton of, like, local restaurants. So that's the other thing, too, is that that's the reason I want to work with restaurants, but at the same time, they don't have a lot of money. No, they, <laughs> they certainly don't. So <laughs> that that is the problem, but I just love... You got to you got to catch them on the front end before they actually open up for business when they think they have a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely an interesting industry um, to do restaurant branding specifically. But I also want to work with nonprofits, mm-hmm. which is of course another. So you're sticking with the theme no of money. not a lot of money, okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I have actually in the last two months been reaching out to people to see if they want some pro bono work done mm-hmm. for causes that I really care about. And that's been a pretty cool way to meet people and, you know, help out something that I care about without money, <laughs> donating my time instead, sure. which, you know, especially design work, like something some organizations really need. Mm-hmm. So it's it's been good to to donate my time and do that. Gotcha. Well, kind of shifting gears and getting into the 
what kind of drives you throughout the year and 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 what is your overall what has been your overall focus and was the reason you left your job and all that stuff tell me a little bit more about design week tallahassee design week yeah um do you know how many people i've had to convince in tallahassee that it's design week is not my idea i'm like design week tallahassee guys and they're like this is so cool and i'm like have you never heard of the internet before (laughs) hey you know (laughs) just let them think it's your idea go with that I don't want to take credit for for something, you know, awesome someone else came up with. Sure. I'll just take credit for the local version that is also awesome. Yes. That I came up with. Uh, I like to take credit where credit's due, <laughs> personally. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, so, so what made you want to start Design Week Tallahassee? So, essentially, I like telling the story because it... It's it's so ridiculous, but it started with a concussion. Okay. It started with a concussion and some jealousy of one of my old classmates. Uh, um, I play roller derby, or I used to play roller derby. Before the concussion? <laughs> yeah. And I got injured at practice, and uh, it was pretty rough. I, I got a lot of air, as they say, when uh-huh. I got hit hard uh, and went up. And landed on my head directly. And thankfully, we wear helmets, which is the only reason I'm probably not in a coma. Sure. So my doctor told me to get a lot of rest and essentially for a few days, try and rest my brain also as much as I could. She was like, sit in darkness if you have to. Don't watch TV. Don't go on the computer. Don't read books. Don't think. Don't think. Don't think too hard. Which is real easy like, for a type which is real easy for a type A personality like you. Oh yeah. I was like, <laughs> don't think too hard. Are you kidding? If you could listen to my brain, it'd be a constant just stream of thoughts that are just jumping from point to point and mm. they're ridiculous. So I was like, I don't know how to not think too hard or how to not think. So that was, you know, interesting advice, but I took it and I sat in my room and was thinking about how the last few months I had been feeling a little envious of one of my old classmates who was still also living in town and had graduated at the same time. And he had, in my eyes, done so much more than me. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting there in the dark, nothing else to think about. I was like, what am I doing with my life? You know, I was thinking about my career in general, and my career specifically as a designer. And I was like, thinking about all these cool things he had made and the opportunities like he had. And I was, you know, I was jealous. But at the same time, I was like, well, why don't I have these opportunities? And I thought about it. And I was like, oh, I don't know any other designers in town mm-hmm. or in in the industry, really. I had been, I realized that I'd been stuck in my own bubble because I'd been just working at my state job and the only designers that I knew were the other people at my job. Sure. And so sitting there in the dark, I was just like thinking about what I could do to get out of that bubble and to meet people in the community and just learn more. And I don't know, just like I wanted to be a part of something. Mm -hmm. And, you know, once I got, the chance to go back on the computer. A few days later. <laughs> Once you were allowed back on. 
Yeah, without getting like the worst headache ever, because concussions will do that to you. It like really hurts to look at a computer screen. Um, you know that feeling when you've been on the computer for like 12, 16 hours or something ridiculous, like mm-hmm. just working on something, and your eyes, that pain uh, in your eyes and in like your your head. Uh-huh. Um, when you have a concussion and you first start going back on the computer, that happens within minutes. As if you've been on the computer for like 16 hours. And so, gotcha. uh, yeah, my brain did not want to be there. But I slowly started going back on the internet, which I was so happy about because I am an internet addict. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, researching, you know, the, the design community in town and uh, design weeks because I had kind of seen like the term before. And while I was like, you know bedridden or whatever in the darkness i had started scribbling all these notes about workshops and events and all this stuff i wanted to see and so the second i got on the computer i was like getting even more ideas and i was like this is happening design week tallahassee because apparently we don't have a community we didn't have an aiga chapter Mm -hmm. we didn't have really any groups for it we had kind of some advertising like community and uh, tech community, but just nothing for designers. And so from there, it just kind of spiraled. It turned into a, like a whole thing. I think I had like 12 pages of handwritten notes on a potential design week. So it was pretty, pretty crazy. Just the, the way the ideas poured out of me. I don't recommend a concussion, but <laughs> I do recommend time away from the computer for you to, you know, get introspective and uh, you really get a lot of ideas when you have nothing to think about. Sure. So so tell me more about Design Week Tallahassee because while I am familiar with the concept of Design Week, I've never been to a Design Week um, and I've never kind of really experienced that sort of thing. Yeah. How, how do you like structure – because you've got a week of – an entire week. How yeah. are you structuring programming to fill that? And, and how much programming do you structure like per day? So really it just depends on your city and your community mm-hmm. and the anticipated audience and all that. But if you look at cities like Portland and Knoxville, Tennessee, for example, mm-hmm. Portland is huge. And it has a huge design community. And so you look at their design week and they've got like, like ridiculous amounts of events per day. Sure. Um, They've got like tracks type thing. And I think there's like 10 events a day on average. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of things, a lot of things happening at once and people can kind of pick and choose and it works because they've got such a huge community. But Knoxville, which was um, one of the first communities that I reached out to mm-hmm. because I was just coincidentally going to be in that area. Uh, and I they had an AIGA uh, board meeting about their design week. And I was like, hey, I'm interested in doing this. And uh, would you talk to me about it? And they're like, yeah, come to the meeting. And so they told me all about their design week. And they're all so nice. Um, but they have like one event per day. Mm-hmm. And so 
it works for them because they have a smaller community of designers. Sure. And they're a bit more tight knit. And so, you know, they're all kind of at these one day events and it was a good way of like getting people out to consider like consistently because it wasn't too much for them. And that's something I've learned over the last two years of doing design week in Tallahassee is you can't put too many events for people, especially when you have a smaller community because it's just too much for them. Okay. You know, it, whether you're socially overwhelmed or you just literally <laughs> don't have enough time in your day. Like, you know, there was a lot of designers in town that are like, I got to go pick up the kids. I got to make dinner. I don't, mm-hmm. I can't make it to all these events. I'm going to try and make it out to like maybe two or three this week. Sure. And so it's just kind of looking at your community and figuring that out. Um, but what we did was have a morning, afternoon and evening event okay. each day. Uh, the first year we had 18 events, which was pretty crazy. And, uh, considering especially it was planned in six months, uh, it was definitely a little overzealous, mm-hmm. but, um, but it, 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 it turned out really great. And this year we had 13 events and we actually had slightly better turnout. And I know part of it is that the marketing um, helped and also, you know, having people who knew about it from last year, Sure. but people told us as well that like having less events kind of made them like, Oh, well I have to go to this because there won't be another one mm-hmm. today or um, just, it was a little easier and they had more room to breathe. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's definitely an interesting game, a numbers game to play with all that. I learned a lot about event planning with design week. Yeah. What type of events are you programming? So it, it's very interesting. Um, we did, a we had three basic events, which was workshops, talks and meetups. Okay. But from there, it just kind of goes into crazy different spectrums of design and then pushes like out beyond that. Like it's not, we didn't have anything super basic that like we could do with our now AIGA chapter, mm-hmm. you know, like intro to illustrator because design week for me felt like a special event that, you know, once a year really brings people out and I wanted to have unique events. And so the kind of stuff we did was, um, a little more niche. Sure. We had, um, I think this, this year we had a, uh, intro to comics and storytelling workshop. Okay. And so that's something that I know a lot of people who are designers are interested in. And it's of course not directly related for most of them to their work, but, but there's a lot you can learn from stuff like that about storytelling and even just like the techniques that a comics artist might use. You can really pull a lot from that. Mm -hmm. And so it was very helpful to the attendees. Like they were telling me afterwards how they use stuff. uh, Like some of the techniques that they saw our artist, Naomi Franqui, Mm -hmm. who is amazing by the way. Uh, She, she just like was using her tablet and it was just cool to see some of the techniques that she 
to use is like little things that you pick up from stuff like that. Um, we also had a workshop where we made collages with Karen Kuroki and it was just like a really good way to step outside the computer sure, and get your hands dirty again. You know, like when you're a kid and we were playing with like glue and paper mache and just like cutting things up. And it was just, um, it was just like a really good way to, to get off the computer and look at design from an old school way. And, and just like it, it changed your brain up for the day. It was nice. Gotcha. Um, when, when, how long does this all take to plan? I mean, you said the first one came together in about six months. So is this like a year round thing for you now? Uh, yeah, it's technically that some planning started for this year's design week immediately after last year's, Sure. uh, specifically finding our speakers because that can be like a whole thing where, you know, you have to have people's availability and, um, know like the, the budget and all that stuff. But for the most part, it took about six months. Okay. I'd say, well, if you ever need a podcaster, I know one who lives about four hours away. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that'd be cool. We definitely want to expand our stuff for the 2018 design week, which like I said, I have started working on some of it, mm-hmm. but we don't really go into like hardcore planning mode until like March. Okay. Usually. And then we usually have design week in October. Um, and Tallahassee is a football town. So I was about to say, to, how does that work out for you with football <laughs> season? Yeah. We have to work around the FSU and FAMU football games. So that was interesting. Um, last year and this year, this year, especially because I picked the week that it was happening, the second that the the schedules came out, which was back in like, I don't even remember, February, uh-huh. March. Um, and then uh, we had hurricanes come through. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> and they. I remember because we were, we were supposed to talk uh, the week before design week. Yeah. And, and then, then and then we got hit by a hurricane. And yeah. I was like, if you mess with design week, I'm going to go up into the sky myself and fight this hurricane. <laughs> hey, and I so, got hit by the same hurricane. So it's... <laughs> I was I was so upset about the hurricane. Um, yeah. Even like before it hit, I was like ready to like fight a storm. But then afterwards, you know, all the damage that it caused. I hate hurricanes so much right now. Yeah. Well, you um, grew up with it. You grew up in Florida. And you grew up in South Florida, which is worse. Yeah, but actually we had like the biggest lull in modern history of hurricanes from like 2005 to 2016, I think. Nothing. Something like that. No, I'm well aware. Yeah, Yeah, I'm I'm right on the Gulf Coast. The last hurricane that uh, touched us was before whatever it was this year that died pretty quickly, thankfully, um, was Katrina. So, yeah, it was literally like 11 years or something Mm -hmm. with a a nice hurricane lull. And I I remember hurricanes as a kid, but it's very different when you're an adult. Mm -hmm. Because I remember a few years ago or maybe I think it was last year when it was really like they're like, oh, a hurricane's going to hit Tallahassee directly, which it hasn't in 30 something years. And I'm like, oh, wait, I'm an adult now with like (laughs) a place of my own and animals. And I have to be the one to go find 
the water bottles and food. And oh my God, that was a whole experience that was just like, oh my God. And especially this year with like how bad it got, it was like, do I evacuate or not? Like if I get stuck on the road and then I made that decision, like that's such a scary thing as an adult. I was like, I can't even imagine if you have kids because I was just thinking about myself and my sister. And I was like, imagine having to take small children on the road (laughs) if you have to evacuate and then like you get stuck and there's a hurricane yeah i was like having a panic attack just thinking about that i can imagine so so you (laughs) you picked the schedule uh also before hurricane season schedule came out um not that you can schedule a hurricane but (laughs) right you can't you can't schedule a hurricane but you're you're Uh, you're you're in a danger zone from june to november so (laughs) yeah we didn't used to be 30 years of no hurricanes yeah and uh you know, not to get all political. Thanks, global warming. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently political. But yeah, I still yeah. don't know how that became political. I know. Um, but science. but yeah, so we had a hurricane. It messed with the football schedule. And they rescheduled um, a pretty good football game, uh, FSU versus Miami, mm-hmm. for design week during design which is, week. Which is now, like the big state rivalry. Yeah. <laughs> So thankfully, uh, not really, but FSU has been was sucked all season. Mm-hmm. And so no one cared that much by the time that the game came around. <laughs> it was like, oh, yeah, you guys have been doing real bad. Nah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, you know, thankfully for me, who doesn't care about football. But if you ask pretty much anyone else in the town, it was like the most heartbreaking thing ever. Sure. So. <laughs> Go, going back to the the programming stuff and, and picking speakers and all, I know focusing on diversity is a big thing for you. And you and I have had a conversation around a couple conversations around that. Um, how do you find that balance of finding the right speaker and and balancing, you know, making sure it's not a bunch of white guys? Uh, I think. Especially, I guess, since we don't have um, that many speakers for the week. Mm-hmm. It's only five. Sure. Really, because, you know, that's all we had time for in a week. Um, so it, it's probably a little bit easier. But honestly, I just, I really dig. Um, because it can be hard to find creatives. But the biggest thing is that you go out to the groups where the you know diverse people are so mm-hmm. um i'm a latina woman so i'm kind of in those groups already um i tend to be but you know like i reached out to uh i think revision uh path yeah they have a great podcast that features black creatives mm-hmm. and so just looking on their site i, ha- I had him on my show yeah, I'm just looking on on the site and listening to podcasts uh, just because, you know, I like to listen to podcasts, too. Mm-hmm. But I was listening to just podcasts and and seeing who who really sparked my interest and then looking at their stuff and thinking, would they be a good fit for this year's design week? Do they have something important to say to the community here? And it really just came together by doing that. Um I think you do have to, it's, it's kind of weird that you're looking at the numbers and you're like, okay, we have three men and three women and I need one more speaker. 
and and you know like you're trying to keep it balanced but but it, that is what you have to do because we live in a world where it's not automatically equal sure and so i am always pushing for diversity mm-hmm. and you have to work harder at it but absolutely like it's worth that time and so you know whenever people ask me how to make things more diverse i usually send them a list of like the resources that I've put together or other people have put together because it's out there and you just have to find it. And so I make things easier for the people who ask me. So then there's no complaining because I do have a lot of people who are like, I don't know how to make my event more diverse. And I'm like, here you go. Here's a list of 30 amazing women speakers. No excuses now. (laughs) And so that's pretty much it. It's the talents out there. You just have to find it. And definitely my number one tip for that is reaching out to those communities themselves. Sure. You know, like if you, you are a white man trying to make your event more diverse, reach out to a, a black woman and mm. say, Hey, I would like to make this event more diverse. Uh, do you know people who would be a good fit for this, like this topic or you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And usually they've got like, you know, 10 friends off the top of their head who they can immediately be like, yes, they would be perfect. So that's just the best way to do it. I found. Sure. I, I know for me, and this is, you know, something I definitely need to work on. I'm, I'm not looking at the numbers. I'm more looking at designers whose profiles I see that are cool and things like that. And, you know, yeah. And and there with that comes an unintentional bias. Right. It's not and, easy. It's yeah. a constant unlearning yeah. that we all have to do because we've been brought up in a world where the the status quo is white man. Mm-hmm. And so when you're trying to to get out of that status quo, there is a lot of unlearning and trying to force yourself to pay attention to to things that you might not pay attention to otherwise. Sure. Yeah. And and my other challenge, and this is, (laughs) this is going to sound like me complaining is, you know, I reach out to a ton of people. um, And I, and when I, especially since you and I talked the first time, I've tried to make a more conscious effort to diversify that and all. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, my response rate back is just abysmal when it comes to diversity. Hmm. Um, and I, I, I don't know what that is. And I don't know. I mean, like you've seen my invitation thing. It's not like <laughs> it, it's pretty form lettery, yeah. not, you know. Yeah. So I'm I'm wondering what that is. And I've also had, you know. The other and this is this is me complaining. The other <laughs> challenge I had, and this is runs across the board, is artists are damn flaky and they will agree to oh, something and yeah. then they cancel <laughs> on me. And you know, when when you and I first talk about it, you know, about you know, because you and I talked about having more female designers on. Yeah. And I had literally had almost two months solid of female speakers lined up and I was trying to, they had all agreed to it. And 
some just never got back. To, like they agreed to do it. And then they never got back to me to schedule things. And I have, I've probably got about 10 of those invitations like that out to different people. At yeah. The and then it's hard to work with, with artists. Yeah. Man. And I've <laughs> like, had so many people cancel. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I know that feeling like design yeah. week. I have that same issue. You where... I forgive. Cause you had a very good excuse for canceling. <laughs> yeah. A hurricane. Yeah. You can't plan a hurricane. <laughs> yes. Somebody, somebody else, I, you know, I, I can forgive her because she was pregnant and, uh, you know, yeah. baby ended up coming a couple weeks before it was planned. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty good excuse. Yeah, it was a really good excuse. Yeah. Um, and amazingly, she messaged me the day of. She's like, um, I'm going to have to reschedule. I just went into labor. Oh, <laughs> And that would have been one where, like, I would have been totally okay finding out well after the fact. So, right, you know, like you're a little annoyed on the day up, and then it's like, oh, well, she was having her baby, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, she's yeah. got important things going on. Yeah, when she messaged me, I was actually more annoyed that she had messaged me, <laughs> like annoyed with her of like, you got a kid coming, go take care of that. <laughs> yeah, what are you doing? Get off the phone. I mean, it's I appreciate you thinking thing. of me, but much more important things. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, designers and artists. Oh, my God. Um, every time, like, we put on an event, every time we put on an event for AIGA or Design Week, just getting people to show up on time is, is like, trying to make a miracle happen. Hurting cats. But, but yeah, it's just, like, a, a thing with the creative community. And I I get really annoyed at it because I'm like, that's not a good excuse. And, you know, we shouldn't just allow ourselves to be stereotyped and say, Oh, we're, we're flaky. That's just the way we are without trying to improve ourselves. But then I have to wake up early and I'm like, Oh yeah, I don't want to. And that's why I'm late to things. And that's why I'm always like worried about saying anything about it. When like somebody, I, when you asked me about it, you were very polite and very professional and we're just like, Hey, why don't you have, I mean, it was very earnest. It wasn't, attacking but I've, think, I've i've had some people come at me and are kind of attacking on that yeah and it's like I no matter see, what i'm sorry go ahead oh uh, yeah i could see the anger some people have and i think it's easier when you don't know the person to mm-hmm. to come at it from that you know aggressive point of view like you're not trying hard enough you're not doing this you're not doing that but sometimes you do have to just like walk people through the education process because I've definitely talked to people who just had no clue that they had, uh, you know, a not diverse lineup of people. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, there was a site with, uh, that featured a lot of designers and I was like, Hey, you have like 80% men and 20% women. And they just like, it was just something that didn't occur. It didn't occur to him at all. Mm -hmm. And so, it's not my job to educate and all that, but personally, I like to take the time out of it and try and talk to people that I that I know will respond well. Sure. Because you know, there's some people. There's no point in trying. Oh yeah. With. But like, I know you, for example, and so I felt that I could just approach you and say, you know, hey, let's look at your numbers here, because I knew that you wouldn't maliciously do it. Yeah. It's just something that like, you know, maybe you don't think about or you don't have the resources Mm -hmm. or just a number of reasons. So. So, yeah, it's just hard to 
it's hard because we do live in a world where, like I said, not only is that not automatically equal, but there are people who do have malicious in- intent out there. Sure. Yeah. Cause I mean, I've had, I've had people approach me about it, asking me why. And then when I just, like you said, you kind of walk them through the process of, Hey, it's not that I'm not trying. Here's what's going on. They're just like, well, you're just making excuses. You're not trying hard enough. I'm like, I'm one guy in. It, yeah, it really depends like- <laughs> on that too. Like, you know, big media company, cause I've yeah. seen big media group has a podcast that has like a budget, you know, or something like that. And they don't have diverse. I have no budget. Like line up. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say like Jason's a one man show. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it really depends on that too. And I've definitely called people out when I, when it's necessary, I think. Sure. Um, especially if you talk to someone about it once and they don't listen and they're like, yeah, sure. I'm going to try and make it more diverse. And then you can see that there's no intent to even try, <laughs> you know, that yeah. kind of thing. That just, I think anyone would be annoyed at that when you ask them for something and yeah, sure. And then they ignore you completely. But oh yeah, it's so important in this day and age to, to make sure that we're, we've got diversity and it's also easier now than it ever has been mm-hmm. to do it. And so there's no reason to not try. Like that's, that's my biggest annoyance is to see people who don't even try. Sure. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And that that's trying is not a challenge. The the booking and all that's an individual, you know, you're basing that on per, one person, one at a time, that sort of thing. Well, we're getting kind of close to our time here. And, you know, I'm, I'm curious as what do you what are your thoughts already for next year's design week? Oh, man. Next year's design week. So I had a lot of people ask me about tracks this year, like having multiple tracks to talk about different kinds of design. Sure. Um, which is something that occurred to me the first year, but I was like, that is too much to take on. I'm just one person. Uh-huh. I cannot have this many events. And then I put 18 events on cause I'm crazy. <laughs> but I had a, a lot of people ask me about, um, urban design, which is something I'm super interested in. So it's a little selfish, but like, like urban planning. Yeah. Yeah. Urban design. Uh, that's, I've gotten super into that in the last two years and learned a lot about it. And so I am open to adding that as a track and people have come to me asking for it. So I know that there's a a demand for it, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, I'm not an expert in that by any means. So, you know, my goal for that would be to find people who know what they're talking about to plan out events for that, that type of thing. Um, I also had a lot of people who just, when I say design, they're like, like fashion design. And I'm like, no. Uh, so people have often asked me if there's going to be like a fashion element to design week to which I'm like, I don't think this, this city has enough people to have like a five track design week right now. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying it's not possible because anything's possible. But right now, it certainly would be difficult to try and have 
that many events with uh, different intentions. I don't know. It might be spreading ourselves too thin and spreading the design community too thin. Sure. Yeah. And then we'd have like two people at each event, which just is not, does not make for a fun event, <laughs> but definitely I've got some lofty goals for next year, possibly adding another track, um, seeing if we can increase our budget to bring in speakers from a little further away. Sure. Maybe a little fancier. No, I don't mean that. I take it back. <laughs> Edit that out. <laughs> I feel bad saying that because our speakers are freaking awesome. I know at least three of the speakers that you had this year. They're not that fancy. They're awesome. Talking, I'm talking about you, Lenny. <laughs> They're awesome. I take it back. <laughs> no, please. Um, because I, I really hate that that perspective anyways. Um, that if you, you have to spend like $20,000 to get Sagmeister, I'm like, look, I'm not saying he's not cool, but, but it, can he bring something to the event that we couldn't get outside of that, you know, that whole thing uh, for a lot cheaper. <laughs> yeah. Scrap, scrap that, that last part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Edit it, cut that. Um, but yeah, I, I'd like to increase the, the budget and see what more we could do. We've got some cool venue spaces already, so I don't really have any concerns with that. It's just making sure that people are really getting out of it the most that they can. And I think they are. They, they come to me and they're like, I went to this workshop and that was amazing. And I made like friends there and I didn't know there was this design community. I think it's a really good way to intro people into the design community because, you know, like you're cocktails and creatives or mm -hmm. coffee with designers events might not get huge promotional marketing. And so <clears throat> people don't know that there's a design community out there, sure. but design week tends to, you know, we pull out all the big guns on that and, uh, it tends to get a lot of, a lot of media response because right. it's a bit, uh, buzzwordy. Sure. It's ambitious. And, yeah. And so it's a good way to just be like, Hey, designers, we're out here. And then they find out about you guys and, uh, and then they can start coming to your smaller events. And I, that's what I've found. That's how we've been able to, uh, almost start a chapter. We're like really close to starting a chapter of AIGA in Tallahassee. Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited about that. And it's been an interesting stepping stone. I've been told most people go the other way. They start an AIGA you, chapter and, and then and they design do design. Week? Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think you should be scared to, to throw a design week in your city if it doesn't already have one. Very cool. Yeah. So, so, so wrapping up, where can people find you online? They can find me at irigoyendesign.com, which my last name, I-R-I-G-O-Y-E-N. Uh, they can find me Steph Irigoyen on Twitter or Instagram. I think it's also Irigoyen Design. I'm not good at branding, apparently. <laughs> we'll we'll link it all in the show notes. So <laughs> yeah, uh, but just Irigoyen Design for the most part. You can find me everywhere, and they can find DesignWeekTallahassee.com or Design Week Tally on any social media, and see what we're up to. See what we're working on for next year. Uh, feel free to like message me or whatever and ask me questions about design week. Cause I love talking about event planning and helping other people <laughs> with their communities because it's, 
it seems very intimidating at first, but I promise you it's possible. Um, Tallahassee has a population of 200,000 people. If we can do it, you can do it. <laughs> very cool. Well, Stephanie, thank you for uh, getting up early and uh, rolling, o- rolling over to grab the laptop and chat with me this morning. <laughs> so much effort. <laughs> hey, you did have to, you know, fend off a, a very vicious cat attack. So, Oh, yeah. I'm scarred. That, that was scars. <laughs> Perfect. Go out and hug some necks. Yep. <laughs> Bye. Right. Bye. You can find out more about Stephanie on Twitter at Steph Irigoyen, and be sure to check out the links in the show notes for more ways to keep up with her. You can keep up with the podcast on Twitter and Facebook at Creative SO Pod and follow Creative South on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Creative South GA over at CreativeSouth.com. And I'm at Jay Frostholm on Dribble, Twitter, and Instagram. Jack Prince is giving Creative South podcast listeners 15% off all orders over $25 when you use promo code PRINCESOUTH18 at checkout. Visit jackprince.com for your next order of stickers, prints, or whatever you need today. For a limited time, new Skillshare customers can get their first three months for just 99 cents to get unlimited access to thousands of classes when you sign up at Skillshare.com using promo code CREATIVESOUTH. What are you waiting for? Start learning today. And... Remember, if you like the show, help support us over at patreon.com slash creative south. And if you like the Creative South podcast, head over to iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play Music. Rate us and leave a review. This helps more people find the podcast and allows us to keep getting awesome guests. Now go out and hug some necks.